episode is brought to you by BetterHelp, StoryWorth, and Generate Life Sciences. We're very excited to have them all on board, making our show a possibility. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. <laughs> I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. How do I get the sperm through custom? I am a lesbian. So gay. So gay. We need to tell our story. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay reason. <laughs> just because we stick. <laughs> oh, hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Oh. oh, gosh. We're on Zoom again, and I forgot that I can look at you, Robin. I'm right here, talk. Jamie. Look at me. I'm looking at you. Oh, my God, you guys. We only have two more episodes before we go on a little three-week holiday break. Just a little three-week holiday break. Oh, guys. my God. Well, I need a holiday break. You know what, though? Holiday breaks during this pandemic, it's not a break. It's not oh, a break. Oh, no, no. It's more time with your kids. No. It's more. During the Thanksgiving break, we spent arguing 90% of it with my daughter trying to get her to walk on her boot because she's, like, so paralyzed with fear. But she wouldn't do it. And it ended up in, I'm not doing it. It was like that. It was That's how our break went. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just, I just, my break was just watching my children Ugh. bounce off each other God. and scream and bounce off each other and fight and bounce off each other some more. Like, it's like. It's going to be a long, it's going to be a long winter. Toys. I know. They're not going to. They're not going to, Jamie. They're never going to go play with their toys. Just and acknowledge that. And if they do that. play with their toys, they want one of us to play with them. No, that's not the point of the toys. No. No, the toys are in another room for you to go into another room. You have a room. Go in it. You have in such it. a big room. That's Leave why us. we gave you the big room. Yeah. Go Leave there. us alone. Henry doesn't ever go in his room. I'm like, get out of the common space. Go in your room. Go. That's go. why you have a room. Don't you want to be private? We're sick of you. It's so funny. My brother was here for a day and he was like... Why are we watching this program? Why is this on? I was like, Jesse, it's because I have a two-year-old. But well, can we change it? He walked away. No, he's gonna come right back. Don't you understand? He walked children? away. <laughs> he grabbed the remote. He was like, Oh, I'm changing it. I'm changing. He just walked away. Jesse, he's coming right back. You can't change it to the news right now. What do you? Oh my god, he's know? never watching. You can't watch the news till they're like eleven and they go in their own room at some we don't point. Get- we don't have control of the TV, the adults. No, in my not house. yet. If the You're... TV is on. It's children's programming. I have partial <laughs> control right now. <laughs> okay. All right. We have anyway. one one news item for you all. We wanted to give a little shout out to a new book by an author friend, Carolyn Cohagen. And this is to all of our already parents. This is a, a middle grade book. So, like ages eight to 12 ish. Ida and the Unfinished City. It was just released, and it's basically the long awaited sequel to The Lost Children which um, basically chosen uh, for the Scholastic Book Club and nominated for the Massachusetts Children Book Award. I have a review for you. Yes. This is an early review. Ida is unable to age. Stuck in the body of a 12-year-old girl, Ida is in fact 16 years old and is searching for a cure. Determined, proactive, and tenacious, Ida travels to the unfinished city where she believes there may be a cure which will allow her to finally be her correct age. However, every year on the same day, a great flood destroys the city and no one seems to be willing to speak to her about the mysterious treatment that could help her. Ooh. 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 Sounds fun. I I wish my daughter was old enough. I mean, I loved the first book, so I just started the second one. But this one, uh, it talks about faith and gender roles and being comfortable in your old skin, in your your old skin. That's me. In your own skin. skin. And it's it's amazing. So head over to Amazon and pick up a copy for your kid today or for yourself. I enjoy a little YA. Oh, I, totally. totally. I, I read all those books. Yeah, so, me too. 
And it's it's easy to read those when you have little kids because you don't have to have too much concentration with these YA books. I know, I know. They're it's pretty nice. easy reads. I know, I love that. All right, so also, P.S., oh. speaking of books. Wait, wait, Jamie, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. Our book, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family, is on sale for the holidays. Bam! Happy holidays. Sale. I went really like hip hop and you went, you, I don't know, I don't what, know what, what that was. No, you got very sports. You got very lesbian sporty Bam! there. Sale. You were like, what's her name in Bridesmaids? Oh, yeah. Um, Melissa McCarthy. I got, yeah. I wish. I wish I could be her. <laughs> I know. On Amazon, guys, you can get 20% off the paperback or the Kindle version between now and January 15th. So it's a sale. It's a sale. Yes. And you can buy this for anyone who's thinking about making LGBTQ family, but also family members who maybe don't quite understand your family. I think this is the book is perfect for that. It like kind of gives them some awareness. It's not just for gay folks, no. LGBTQ folks. No. We even like somebody just told us that she's a straight woman, but it's inspired and she doesn't want kids, but it inspired her to want to become an egg donor. What? So it's for everyone. We are everyone. we are literally making babies with our podcast and our book, Jamie. And don't forget, <laughs> so you're going to have ever somebody's given you an Amazon gift card. And that's why the sale goes through January 15th. So you can buy it. You can buy the book with the, your gift buy card. Buy it for everyone you know. Whew. All right, let's move on. Yeah, we have a new Patreon member. Two. Sarah Paulson and Anna, uh-oh. Ness. Ness. Uh, Ness. K-N-E-S. I was going to say knees. No, you were not. You were not. It's, you were obviously, not. it's like Nuffle Bunny or Knuffle Bunny. Which one is it? Who knows? It's Nuffle Bunny, and I think everyone knows that, Jamie. No, I'm pretty sure Mo Willems, I heard him say Knuffle. Oh, no God. joke. Oh, I can't. No joke. All right, join our Patreon community, you guys, and you're going to help us make this show. And you're going to get bonus content and video interviews of the most episodes dropped a day early of most interviews and you just have to go to patreon.com slash ovaries talk it's pretty awesome thank you sarah and anna we appreciate you too yeah we appreciate you we like you (laughs) helen we we're working on it helen okay we're We're, gonna introduce the the next episode okay just just put the cigarette down helen just i i I, every time she always it always falls out of her hand every single time all right so let's tell about everybody who's coming in this is fun oh mary Mary and and shelly Shelly. so they're the hosts of the podcast latter day lesbian and they're an ex-mormon gay girl trying to figure out life that's the that's their tagline for their podcast it's so great it's so great this is a doozy and there's a lot of kids and there's there's so many kids And some, uh, there's a lot of religion. Let's let's just do it. Let's just do let's it. just do it because it's good. All right, it's Helen, good. roll it, Helen. Roll Helen, it. now she doesn't want to do the work. No, she was just now she's all too... up on us. Uh, Helen, roll break. the tape. Press play. A break from Helen. Hi, hi guys. Latter Day Lesbians in the house. Woo! woo. Latter Day Lesbians, Mary <laughs> and right. Shelley. Welcome to our ovaries. Thank you. Welcome. This is almost a year in the making. We are so happy oh to be goodness. recording with you all. Literally the first day we talked about having you guys, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we have to have them. We have to have them. This is going to be so great. And it's been so long. So yeah, what, welcome. What you took so long? I don't it. remember now. We needed a year to prepare. <laughs> Did we? For this. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I needed to wake my yeah. ovaries up. Actually, to get ready for oh. this call, they're a little dormant. Your your ovaries are <laughs> not. In they season. never worked that great. It's not the season of the ovaries. They never did. They were like silent ovaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Well, let's let's start where we always start with the elevator pitch because I want to get into all this. I'm so excited. Are you ladies ready? Sure. On your mark. Okay. Get set. Go. 
uh, elevator pitch. Okay, so our podcast is called Latter Day Lesbian. It's the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. And Shelly over here, my partner Shelly, is the ex-Mormon. Take it away. I was born and raised Mormon. I got married young, had seven kids, then left the church, came out of the closet, yes, lesbian, got divorced, and basically I'm trying to figure out my life. Mary is a nevermo, and we have a podcast together, and it's amazing. Did that you like that? Great. Good <laughs> well job. Done. You know, not going to lie. I went into this thinking you guys were never going to make it in under 30 seconds, mm-hmm. but you did. Nice. That was Thank fantastic. You. Wow. I mean, we have so much <laughs> unpacking to do. Oh, yeah. I feel yeah. like we have to start with the Mormon business. Mm. Let's let's start. Shelly, let's start at the beginning. Ooh. You grew up Mormon. Sure did. She's what they're called uh, <laughs> raised did. in the covenant. Yeah, raised in the covenant, meaning my parents were sealed in the temple, which means that I am already on my way to celestial glory. glory. Being raised Mormon <laughs> wow. as a woman is not fun. It's a very patriarchal religion. My dad was always, he made all of the decisions. He was the man, you know, the man of the house, the patriarch. Anything he said goes. He had the priesthood. I have three older brothers, and so they were all the men of the house as well, and they did all the cool man stuff like camping and fishing and building shit. Um, and getting and, to sit and, in the front seat yeah, while your mom sat in the sat front in the seat back. of the car. Yeah. Shotgun. Wow. Mom always sits in Are the back. Are you kidding? No. no. That's so gross. I, no, yes. Pa- patriarchy is gross, ladies, and I, and I uh, <laughs> lived it. So then I have my mom, who's basically... She'll never listen to this. She's like a non-person. She just sort of didn't exist. She blends she, into the background. Yeah, yeah. She's just oh. there in the corner being emotional like women do. And um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say men and women as I'm talking about this, this is the way I was raised. This was yeah, my, yeah. this is what I was surrounded with in my culture. Um, and so I wasn't allowed to do the cool stuff that the boys were allowed to do. I was supposed to hang with my mom and like quilt or needlepoint and shit. I have no desire to do that and and She's my mom didn't joking a, about that yeah no it's true my mom <laughs> didn't have a voice she wasn't allowed an opinion and she would just defer to my dad all the time and she admits to that today she doesn't see anything wrong with it she said well your dad has the priesthood i'll go with what terry says mm-hmm. Isn't uh, it, is it true like when they when you get married in the priesthood when you're sealed in the priesthood the husband is given a celestial name for his wife that the wife doesn't know. Is this true? This is a story I've heard. It is. There's a celestial name for the wife, and he has to call her in. Oh, yeah, sorta, yeah. Sort of. Yes. To the kingdom no, of But heaven. you're allowed to know it as a woman. Well, I can know it because they tell me what it is, but. Okay. He has to call her. He calls me in. So those of you who are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? On our podcast, we have. By the way, that's me right now. I'm like, that's okay. Okay. I'm fascinated with all of this. So Jamie I, I... and Robin, pay attention. We have an entire <laughs> chunk of episodes that surround the Mormon temple ceremonies. I, I give it all to you. It starts, I, it. I don't know which episode, but the picture of it is Hitler being baptized in a font. And that definitely has something to do with Mormonism. So just know, listeners, check it out. Well, let's You'll explain get... that really quick. Go so ahead. Mormons do baptisms for the dead. They yes. baptize people who have already died. Hitler is mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, Hitler yeah. has his chance to go to heaven. They mm-hmm. baptize anybody who who hasn't even asked. Well, if they yeah. just happen yeah. to find dead bodies, they just start <laughs> baptizing them. <laughs> and there's another one. That, so this one's fresh. That that <laughs> baptismal font gets real nasty. All right. <laughs> yeah, so back to the new name. That's what the, it's called is the new name. 
and the, for the first time you go into the temple ever, so you're doing the 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 work, the endowment for your own self. They give you a new name, and you promise to never reveal it under penalty of of death. My new name is Emma. I had not died Oops. yet. Yep, Oops. You, really, you revealed it. <laughs> uh-uh. Lightning. Just before you get married or on your wedding date, you tell your husband or soon-to-be husband your name, your secret, secret name, Emma. So then the husband stands behind the veil as if he was God, the Lord, and you tell him your name and he pulls you through the veil like God would pull you in. But you well, never very, get to hear very his name. Theatrical. Oh, it? Oh, it very theatrical. Very theatrical. Yeah. Just like a Broadway production. Oh, but you oh. never hear his name? No. The wife name? Oh. No. No, he gets to know my secret, but I don't well, get to know any of the priesthood secrets. And he, he gets and then, to be a god one day. He gets to be like the god of his own planet one yeah. day. Because he holds priesthood. Mm-hmm. With all and, of his then, wives, plurality. <laughs> yeah. But like if, if she dies first, mm-hmm. she can't go to the kingdom of heaven or whatever, the celestial kingdom until he's there to call her in. Is that wrong? No, I don't know. I have all these correct. pieces of. Oh, we haven't that really talked about that. Where does she hang out? I, I guess she hangs out waiting for him to die. Spirit prison. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually. <laughs> he has to call her into the kingdom. You know, you might be right. I've never actually he thought calls about her like that. a dog. I feel like I feel like right? Jane just discovered a, a Mormon plot hole. <laughs> oh, it's I will get like... this figured out, and I will let you ladies know. Don't you worry. I'm okay. sure. I, I am very fascinated by Mormonism, and I read as much as I can about it, and I watch any episode, and I'm going to listen to all of your podcast episodes now. You too. will know more than you ever wanted to mm-hmm. know, and you'll be I like, know, "That is crazier than I thought." Oh, you're going to love it. You are going to love it. <laughs> I, I tell you, it. never Mormons, never Mo's. We call them those people who were never ever Mormon, like me, like Mary. They love the podcast because they had no idea. You know, right? Okay, Robin. Mm-hmm. Coming out of Thanksgiving break, you know what I am the most thankful for right now in my life? Right now, what? Better help. Better help. <laughs> oh my better god! Help. Seriously, I cannot <laughs> get an appointment on the books with my better help therapist fast enough after that break. <sighs> and listen, folks, if you don't know Better Help, you need to know them. It's mm-hmm. online therapy, and when you sign up, the folks over at Better Help they're going to assess your needs, and then they're going to match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you could start chatting with someone in under 48 hours. Come yes, on. Yes, guys, this, this is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. Mm-mm. It is professional counseling that is done securely online. And it, here's the good thing that I, that I love. There's a broad range of expertise available, mm-hmm. which it might not be lo- locally available in your area, in, in many areas. Yeah. The service is available to clients worldwide. You can get all kinds of expertise. That is so important. And you know what is also great for these holidays and these horribly long breaks where we are still just trapped at home? We're you all stuck can- with each other. Yeah, it just, and then we just don't have school. <laughs> you can actually message your counselor anytime. And then they send you back thoughtful responses that are timely. Oh, and you could also like schedule your video or phone sessions online whenever you want to. It's just, it's like, all of it is in your control. Yeah, I feel like my BetterHelp therapist needs a BetterHelp therapist for, for you for working with you. <laughs> BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they really do make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to, which I like because it's really awkward to break up with a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's true, and it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And financial aid is also available. Amazing. Yeah. So, guys, BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today, and we do too. Mm-hmm. You need to visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. You'll be sold in seconds. Yes, visit BetterHelp.com OCT. That's 
better H-E-L-P, and you're going to join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Critical. Because these times are trying. So we've got a special offer for our If These Ovaries Could Talk listeners. You're going to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash O-C-T. Get that help. That's BetterHelp.com slash O-C-T. Get it. So let's take it back. So you've got the mother who's who stands in corners and cries, but does yes. no personality. Right. And at, at what point were you, do you, in Mormonism, do you get like married off or like, and, no. and do you think you're gay during all this? No. But For you me, do, you know, deep down in your heart, you want to go camping. This much we know. <laughs> oh, I, I want all of the boy things. I actually used to say when I was really young, when I grew up. I'm going to be a boy so I can go into the boys' bathroom and see what there is. Like, that was my thing. So the dreams of little girls, I know. (laughs) It was never, I can't wait to be a bride. It was never anything like that. It was, and not that I actually wanted to be a boy, not that there's anything wrong with it, but I never wanted to be a boy, but I wanted to be special like boys are. And boys are special and girls are not. They don't marry you off. However, you are so pressured to marry someone who is Mormon, a worthy priesthood holder, because if you have to marry a worthy priesthood holder to get married in the temple. And if right. you don't get married in the temple, if you get married civilly, you know, outside of the temple, you weren't worthy, you're shamed. You're for sure shamed. People might not say it. Some will shame you um, out loud, but you know, you know what they're thinking. They're like, oh, they must have had sex before marriage or, oh, he's not worthy. Yeah, there's so much shame. This is her second marriage. Or if Mm -hmm. you wait too long to get married, they move you to another congregation because you've outgrown the singles ward. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a meat market. (laughs) Yeah. They put everyone in the singles ward. So this is like until you're 30? Yeah, 18 to 29, I think. And that's seriously, that's such a meat market. That's all it is. It's like meat. I mean, that's it's like why Tinder you're there. for Mormons. Yes. 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 And if you hit 29, then you're kind of deemed this old unmarriable person. You're like an old maid. And so they make you go to the family wards. And when I say ward, I mean congregation. So then they make you go to the family ward, which is like married people and old people. But just to think that at 29, you're, little, you're getting old. You needed to have been <laughs> married already. Like, what the hell? Right. And w- you not being married by 29 is just because like nobody was digging you. I mean, not you personally, but yeah. one. Yeah, there's there's got to be something wrong with you, because if you are half decent looking and worthy to go to the temple, you're going to get married. And so the perception is that you have struggled with something and that's why you're not worthy. Usually pornography or premarital sex or masturbation or masturbation. Oh, touching yourself is a big no, no, no. That will keep you out of the temple, meaning you are not getting saved. If you are not temple worthy. No, you can't. You can't ring the devil's door doorbell um, (laughs) at all. And so, yeah, when you're late 20s and you're not married people view you like there is something wrong with this person and there's some secret yep something secret flaw it's not always overt it's not always outward it's a lot of it is kind of internalized would you say or is it yeah i mean and and i want to say it we we are we are bashing mormonism a little bit and i do want to say that there are people who who get a lot (laughs) out of being mormon and i don't you know, and, so and, Mary and, and Shelley, what you don't know is that Jamie never wants to offend literally a single person. <laughs> so anytime we say anything, she's like, not to not to offend anyone. It's true. I don't want to from the rural state of I, Iowa. I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> if I find it very fascinating, but if you are somebody who gets something out of this religion, by all means, continue. Yeah. This is my experience. My right. experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us about how you found your husband. Or he found you or uh, you don't get to find him, right? So 
I had a couple years of college that were not at BYU, Brigham Young University. I had my wild party times in high school. Oh. I wasn't the best Mormon. I had had premarital sex. Had <gasps> a girl. Yeah, yeah she, she wasn't a textbook Mormon youth. Let's I, just I really put it that wasn't. Way. I had a lot of daddy issues, obviously, and you know, looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for a guy to approve of me. In the back of my mind, though, I knew I had to eventually straighten up and be a good Mormon woman to find a husband and get married and do the things because I was taught that's the only way God wants you to do it. That's how you're happy. That's how you get to be with your family for eternity. And so I ended up going to BYU, and it was this weird thing because I didn't feel like getting married before. I just knew I kind of had to. But then when I got to BYU, I was like, well, I am 20, and everyone around me is getting <laughs> clock's married. Clock's ticking. Yeah, clock's ticking. <laughs> um, everyone around me is engaged in getting married, so I, I guess it's time. Hmm. And, you know, the first guy that that gave me, the, you know, the time of day, which was the one that I ended up marrying, you know, I, we dated. I wasn't really into him. I didn't think he was that good looking. I mean, he was a good looking guy then, but it's not just not my type. Hello, I'm a lesbian. Well, <laughs> not just that. I think there's a lot of pressure for young women in general to just marry somebody who looks good on paper. Yes. You know, who was a return missionary. Yes. I knew my dad would approve, and I needed my dad's approval yeah. more than anything because I couldn't get it. Right. Mm. I mean, the way you described it is you would have married the first return missionary that, that you know, paid you any attention. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. There was no... It was just this kind of like I had these blinders on, like, okay, this is the path I have to go on now. Nothing felt like I wasn't drawn to him. I didn't feel like, oh, my gosh, this is the one and only. Look, looking back, it was like, oh, my gosh, this perfectly pure return missionary priesthood holder actually wants me because I knew I was, you know, chewed up gum or a bitten apple licked or cupcake. a licked cupcake like that's <laughs> These are the analogies they would actually teach they me teach when I was a teenager. Stuff. What? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wait, what? A licked cupcake. <laughs> what does that mean? I have that lost you, my virginity. Is that yeah. in young women? That you had yes. lost your virginity. Yes. You were a licked, literally a well, licked Well, they cupcake. didn't know that Shelly had lost her virginity. They just teach young girls that if you, if you, you know, that. if yes. you're promiscuous, you will be viewed by your future husband as a chewed piece of gum, mm. as an apple with a bite taken out of it, yep. as a licked, as a cup licked cu cupcake. cupcake. Yeah. All the analogies like that. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to start using licked cupcake for everything. For everything. Even if it's not appropriate. cupcake, Robin. Stop. Oh, you're a licked cupcake, Jamie. <laughs> I'm okay getting my cupcake licked. Oh, I'm just saying yeah. that oh. at this point. Yeah, we took it there. Yeah. True Mormon. Wait, so Shelly, did you go on a mission as well? I did not. My mission was to get married, basically. If you choose right. to accept a lot of, yeah, If I choose to accept it. <laughs> I did, unfortunately. A lot of girls, a lot of Mormon girls, if they don't get married by the time they're 21, let's say, they will go on a mission instead. And so there's this mm. joke within Mormon culture that sister missionaries or woman missionaries are ugly because they couldn't get married and that's why they go on missions. Aww. I know, so jacked You up. know what? Mm -hmm. I saw a little group of Mormon missionaries walking down my block the other day and the girls were very cute and attractive. So that's well, not me... true. Well, I hope they don't think they're licked cupcakes. <laughs> well, let me tell you the difference. Back when I was that age, the women could not go on missions until they were, I think, 21 or 22. But now they've lowered the age to 19. So all these girls are like, oh, I, c I can go on a mission and get married. So they're, they're going out in droves, these cute little 19-year-olds, thinking this is what God uh, wants of them. Yeah. Right. You say right. you got married, and how soon did you start having babies? I mean, you had seven, for God's sakes, and you, 
you don't look very old. So, so uh, I got married when I was 22, first child born at 25. Oh, well, so, you showed some restraint. At yeah. Lots of restraint, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I do look young. I look like I'm, I'm about 24. Thank you. But you can't see the wrinkles. <laughs> I'm actually 46. So I started at uh, 25. My first kid was born and then it was, you know, every two years forever. Let me make sure everyone understands. I am actually not a kid person. I'm really not. I'm not. If someone hands me their baby, you want to hold my baby? It's like, no, why? Why would I want to hold your baby? I didn't even like holding my babies. Why would I hold your baby? Not that I don't love my kids, but, you know, I never wanted to grow up and be a teacher. It's just not, it's not me. It's not not her natural go-to. So good idea. Have seven. Well, I was birthing my way into heaven. (laughs) And this is unfortunate. Uh, I was taught that the one thing I should do is have kids. Is have babies. All I'm this, girls are taught that. Yes, all girls. I'm this vessel to bring God's spirit children and give them earthly bodies so that they can have their experience and blah, blah, blah. So whenever I would sort of confide in my husband that this was hard for me, this taking care of kids and like, here, you you take the baby. I can't do this right now. He would be very concerned because, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be good at. He'd say, well, you need to right. try harder. You're the mother. You have the nurturing instinct. You know, all these things that he was taught, then it would just be guilt and shame and guilt and shame. And I'd think, why can't I do this? Why do I not feel drawn to these these babies and these kids of mine? I love because them, but I don't want to sit next to them. Not all women are carbon copies of one another. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. God, that's so that's so much pressure. Hard, so that's much. Just, uh. And also, like, maybe you would have... If, first of all, maybe if you'd only had two, thank you. Or maybe if you'd had them when you were thirty, yes. Or like, or if you'd had them with the woman, like maybe yeah. like all of those experiences might have been different if it had been your choice, but they removed any choice for right. you. Thank you. Exactly true. I think about it now, and my youngest, she's seven. I've definitely enjoyed her more than the others because I, I didn't have her and one child over in diapers and one baby nursing and pregnant. You know, you you can't Holy enjoy. Crap. Anything when you have all that much going on, I I I do regret that I didn't get to really enjoy any of my kids when they were toddlers and and babies because I I couldn't sit still. There's just too much going on. There's too many mm-hmm. damn kids. Yeah, mm. and and but you were doing it because that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and that's what's going to get you into the yes. Kingdom. She got the most praise and validation in her life when she was pregnant. Yeah. And bringing kids into the world. Yes. That, Interesting. Yeah. Because you'd been ignored and put in the back seat for your whole life. Yes. And suddenly, oh, look at Sister DeWitt. That was my name in the church. All these righteous Mormon children she's bringing in. She's going to raise them up to the Lord and they're going to go on missions and they're going to spread the gospel and they're going to have kids. It's like the, like building this Mormon army. That's really how it's looked at. And I was in hook, line and sinker because I'm finally getting attention from Mormons because when I was younger, I was a little bit of a a rebel and I was always kind of like, oh, don't hang around Shelly. She's bad news. And I was bad news according to Mormons. But finally, I'm this Mormon that Mormons approve of. And that felt good. So she Mm -hmm. kept doing it. So I kept on keeping on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are your kids ages now? Okay. Don't ask me their birth dates because I can't remember. That's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of them. 20, 18, 17, 14, 12, 9, and 7. There we go. Holy fuck. Yeah, exactly. A lot, man. It is. So throughout all of this, you know, meeting your husband, having the babies, even your childhood, like, did, did the 
gay thing ever come into your head? How did it manifest for you? Was it there always? Did it show up later? Yeah, how did this come out? Here's how this came out. Growing up, there were no gay role models. We didn't. I didn't even know what gay meant until I was probably a, a teen, roughly. It just wasn't a thing. And anything that was gay when I was a teenager, it was looked down on like, ugh, Ellen DeGenerate. You know, they would call her that in my family. <laughs> and the gays are taking over the world and they're destroying the family. And they just want to go and have this rampant, promiscuous sex. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But it was like... Have they ever met a lesbian couple? Right? Of course not. I know. I just want to like cuddle the dogs and, and drink wine with Mary. Like, <laughs> I'm so pretty true. sure an evangelical coined the term Ellen DeGenerate, not a Mormon. Oh, well, Mormons so picked it up pretty so quickly. You know. um, That's my right. background, evangelical. Look- <laughs> That's oh, true. Oh, oh, she's got she's got some shit, too. Mm-hmm. Looking back, though, after I left the church, I had to accept it into my heart that gay people weren't lame, like God loves the gays back when I believed in God. I don't know what I believe at this point, but I, ha- I had this, it was a critical moment where I, I had left the church and I joined a new gym and there were gay people there and I was a little nervous, but they were actually, weirdly enough, normal, kind, caring, fun people. But still it was like, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's still in my head. So you didn't know you were gay when you left the church. You left the church for another reason. Yes, yes. I left the church because I was exhausted. Well, your husband at the and time correct. led my, you out of the church. Correct. My husband at the time, his name's Brent, he was starting to question some things. He, he oh. was starting to believe in a different strain of Mormonism, kind of an offshoot. And me, being the good Mormon wife, I was following in his footsteps. Okay, well, we believe this now. And that was like the step oh my God. back that I needed out of mainstream Mormonism, just to sort of take this side road and give myself permission to doubt a little bit. So even leaving the church, I left the church because my husband said so. You Well, <laughs> wow. part of why you left the church is your bishop discovered you were drinking a beer now and then, and he snatched your temple recommend yeah. card, so you were no longer <gasps> saved and you couldn't get into heaven. There's so much there. <gasps> there like, is are such, you serious? This is the longest story, you guys. You have to listen to the podcast, everyone. It's like, it's it, it's it's mind-blowing, and I can I know, never like, sum I feel, it up. I feel like when we're moving you forward, I feel bad doing it, but it's like, I do know, know that everyone can go back to your podcast to hear yes. like in more detail, So because we also... Yeah. I need to hear Mary too. So yes. I, hopefully you, you don't feel like we're rushing you through <laughs> no, it. But. No, let, can I just say like the, the gay, the gay thing really quickly? Cause yes. people yeah, always please, have this least. question. I was standing in line at the airport and I had already left the church and I was not happy in my marriage. And I was kind of feeling like God doesn't hate gays. And I've, I've always been a little, I hate to say butchy, but I've always been a little butchy. I played college basketball. I had a sweet mullet. Sporty. Sporty. Like. Yeah. Sorry, sporty. I mean, I was yeah. crushing it. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I love Melissa Etheridge. Uh-huh. So, Who didn't? Right. I'm more into the indigo girl. Okay, I love them I too. I love them too. There's room in my heart for both. <laughs> yes. Anyway, standing in light at the airport and there was this lesbian couple in front of me. And they were clearly together as a couple and they were holding hands. Sorry. Is that a yay because <laughs> I said lesbian? I was, digging for, I was digging for the lesbian couple. Are you watching it? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were standing there and they were holding hands and laughing and talking. And I just, I felt, I literally in my soul felt the energy of their love. It was Hmm. beautiful. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this thing that I'm feeling like this can't be wrong. Like I'm freaking miserable in my marriage to my husband. And I'm supposed to think that their love is sinful and wrong. That was a huge light bulb. Like, huh, let me think about this. And the second, honestly, the second I let that hate for gay people out of my heart, I found myself being attracted to women. 
Not in a, I want to get in her pants way, but in a, oh my gosh, I want to know everything about her and I want to tell her everything about me. And as I'm thinking this through, I started going back over my life and I'm like, oh, good shit. I have been gay this entire goddamn time. <laughs> the entire time. There was an instance. Like, How did I miss this? I know. There was an instance in sixth grade where I was standing in the lunch line and there was two lunch lines and there was a girl in the lunch line opposite. And she looked at me and in my mind, I thought she's looking at me because she's attracted to me. And I love the way that felt. I stood a little taller. I might have even like flexed my bicep. I don't know. It just you like flicked your mullet back. Oh, for sure. I got out my brush and kind of brushed the feathering. Um, (laughs) It felt good. But again, that's not going to register as to what it is because I have no no knowledge of lesbianism. Then in early high school, I had a friend who's actually out of the closet now. And I went and stayed the night at her house one time and we're just laying in her bed. And again, I don't know anything. And she put her foot on my calf. And as we were talking, she was kind of like, stroking's a horrible word, but she was kind of stroking my calf, fidgeting. She was fidgeting her toe on my calf. And I totally like innocent. Better. You like stroking? Yeah, okay. stroking's more fun. <laughs> okay, she was stroking my calf with her toes. And it was innocent, but my heart was racing. Yeah. Butterflies, yeah, flushed cheeks, like, whoa, I don't want you to ever take your foot off of my calf. Mm-hmm. And again, didn't know what it was, had no frame of reference. Um, but looking back, uh, I was such a lesbian. I was so gay. You're like, should know. we practice kissing for the Lord? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, gay, gay all along, didn't know it. There we go. Yeah, I think we all know that feeling. We mm-hmm. all yeah. know that feeling. It's yeah, that. we're all nodding. We're all nodding. We all get it. We all get it. Jamie, let's face it. The holidays aren't the same this year, no. right? They're not. But <laughs> you know what? That shouldn't stop us from feeling close, right? Right? A little bit weird right now. (laughs) I know, I know. But listen, this year I decided that I'm giving my loved ones a meaningful gift, not the crap I usually send. I'm giving them story worth because it's a chance for them to tell their stories and share moments. Yeah. Right? They're going to use story worth and share me moments. Share Share your memories. Um, I actually love story worth. I gave it to my mom last year, remember? Mm -hmm. I do. It's an online service that helps you share stories. So each week they send thought-provoking questions via email, and then my mom could answer them and write down her memories. And it's just really a fun way to engage with family, especially those you can't see in person, especially right now. I mean, I love it. And those weekly questions, they're like little story mm-hmm. prompts, you know, and and they hit things that you'd never think to write down. Like, what's a small decision that you made that ended up having a big impact on your mm. life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? I mean, this is the kind of thing that I wished I'd sent to my parents while they were alive. So, I mean, this year I'm going to send it to my That's sister nice. and then she she can tell her side of the story before I write an essay blasting her for being mean to me as a sister. That's all I'm saying. Mm, sorry, that must have been hard for you. <laughs> it's true. This is what happens. After one year, StoryWorth will compile all your family members' stories, including photos, and then they put them into a beautiful keepsake book that's shipped for free really cool. Listen, I'm going to take my sister's stories and then I'm going to read them with my kids, but then I'm going to tell my side of the story because I think my sister's probably going to lie a lot. And ooh, maybe I'll also do it and then we can compare the two and see who was telling okay. the truth. I'm loving right, this. Robin, I am not sure what's happening here, but anyway, to all our listeners, which is the point here, you, <laughs> sure, sure, sorry. <laughs> you should give your loved ones the gift of spending time together wherever you live with Storyworth. Get started right away with no shipping required by going to storyworth.com slash OCT. And you're going to get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash OCT for 10 bucks off. $10 off story, W-O-R-T-H. 
Listen, get your story get your on the stories. record. Stories. I'm gonna give it to my brother too. So this whole time, Shelly, you're discovering your gayness through Mormonism, and Mary, I just want to you. You just mentioned that you are from an evangelical background. Were mm-hmm. you also a strict evangelical? At one time, yeah, but I came out of the closet super young. I was seven. I was between seventeen and nineteen. I was really figuring it out, mm. and I just came to the conclusion that if I couldn't be myself and be accepted in my faith, then the faith has to go. And I, oh. yeah, I sure did. She's and a I, strong woman. Yeah, I came to that conclusion yeah. early. It was a struggle. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It took a couple of good years, and I lost a bunch of weight, lost a bunch of sleep lost some friends over it. It was a struggle. It really, really was. And it's still a struggle with my mother to this day. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the world seems to be fine, except for her. I don't know about the rest of the world. That's well, because she's a thousand circle. years old. She'll never get over it. She seems to not be getting over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So It's hard. It's, mm-hmm. And she's still religious? Oh, yeah. Well, she's worried for your soul. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure she is. I mean, that's what, they, that's what they say, you know? And it's so sad to me because it's just like... <laughs> If like you what you said, like, the, how could that love ever be wrong? Yeah. Right. Have you all heard of Pat Robertson, the TV evangelist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yes. she got a job working for his ministry in the 80s. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. We were living in New York State at the time. And so we moved to Virginia Beach, Virginia, where the headquarters is located, the Christian Broadcasting Network. And so, yeah, Christian programming was on in our house constantly. We had to go to church every Sunday uh, to, you know, an evangelical congregation, et cetera. So I had all that stuff crammed down my throat. So when I met Shelly and her, okay, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit. We met on a dating site. Am I allowed to say, oh. am I allowed to say which one or is that we yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, for that dating site? So, well, they can, they can try to give us some money for mentioning <laughs> it. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So plug for match.com where we uh-huh. met. Mm-hmm. She had submitted a profile and I guess I'd read enough of these things that hers was a little bit of a cry for help and a breath of fresh air all in the same all at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was in it that was a cry for help? Well, her the first line was help, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh. Oh. And the, it, it was literally a cry for it help. Really, yeah. It really oh, yeah. was. And the last line was, I may delete this before you have a chance to respond or something along yes, those lines. Yes. But she said she was raised in a cult. She didn't mention the seven kids. No, in you, don't that put, ad. you don't put, you don't lead with seven kids when you're trying to date. No, I'd imagine not. Yeah. <laughs> One question, just because I think this is important for your through line here is where are the kids now? Like, do they live with you two? So Part-time. So my ex-husband and I, we get along fine. We live about five minutes away from each other. The kids stay there mostly because he has the big house with 10 million bedrooms. And Mary and I have recently in the last year moved into a place that is large enough so that the kids can come here. We have 50-50 custody. It hasn't been perfect or wonderful. It's usually the younger kids that want to come stay and the older kids kind of have their own thing. But I see them all the time. We have great relationships now. The first year was was a struggle, of course, because divorce sucks for kids. Right. But yeah, they're they're in and out of here whenever they want to, and and it's working out great for me anyway. Mary, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say let's take it back yeah. to Mary and, and let's see. I mean, Mary, you stepped into like a seven kids yeah. stepmom kind of a new lesbian. Mm-hmm. Like this is that that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big old quagmire. <laughs> kind of, of a shit show. It is kind of a shit show. <laughs> I am less of a kid person than Shelly. 
Believe oh, it or not, <laughs> who's going to crush these this children? Kid thing, right? I hang out. I don't look at myself as a stepmom at all. Like I'm kind of the friend, the adult friend, and we have a good time together. We make campfires, and I grill for them now and then, and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. or games. We play some games, Uno and whatnot. But I also have a place nearby. I have a condo. That I can go to as an escape. So nice. she's got a tranquility center. Yes. <laughs> I, do. Needs one of those. I do. And when my kids come over, lots of times I want to go with her, but I have to stay in the house with yeah. my kids when they're here. If it's like a night <laughs> or two, it's one thing. But if it's an extended stay, then I usually book it on over to the condo. Yep. That's really nice. smart, though, because it's yeah. like you know yourself and you know what oh, you yeah. need. Yeah. yeah. Mary's good at that. She's great. And it's. It's nice because we've somehow found a situation that works for everyone. I knew that I needed to have the kids over more once we got into this bigger place. I knew that I needed to be a bigger influence in their lives. And thankfully, Mary is like, look, I can't handle that much kids. So I will get a place that I can retreat to when needed. And we're we're very lucky in that aspect that we can do, that, do all that. Yeah, that it works, too. So there's holes in the story for me. So I want to take yeah. it to so. So Shelly, yes. you just dis- you, you discover, oh my God, I'm I'm gay. I'm mm-hmm. how, you have all seven kids at this point, obviously. Yeah, yeah. she's still married at this point. Yes, yeah, still. And married. you're still married. So take us through that. How old are you at this point? How do you get to this divorce? And h- how old are your kids? Yeah, I was about I think 41. My oldest kid would have been probably 16, roughly. These are these are guesses, but we're in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. I knew that I was being was getting really attracted to women just by this feeling of wanting to know everything about one, a feeling that I had not ever felt with my husband, n- never. Like, I couldn't give a shit what he thinks. That this, you know, it just was it's just different. It's different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my husband was getting very suspicious because I was wanting to spend all this time with my new friends who were girls. And there was a lot of hugging and a lot, you know, no, no lines. These were, were straight women, though. Yeah, they were straight. Oh, yeah. okay. But he just saw that I was so needing to be with them all the time. And, and you're changing. And you can tell when someone has a crush. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. he could tell. He he would accuse me of it. And I'd say, no, no, because I wasn't ready to face that. Because I knew yeah. if I say I'm gay, what happens next? I've got these seven kids. I've got this marriage. We have this big house. We have these things. We have Mormon families. I mean, it's huge. It's a huge decision. When I finally told him, hey, Brent, I think I'm gay. I remember we were sitting at, at, at a park in the car and I he kind of was pushing me to say something because I think he knew at that point. And I said, Yeah, I, I'm I think I'm gay. And his response, which is a typical man response to that, is, Well, you must be bisexual. Because and this is not all men, but most <laughs> men, when their wife says I'm gay, they just think, well, we've had sex. You must be bisexual. Because you laugh yeah. it with me, clearly. Right? <laughs> and there are bisexual people. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist because obviously it does. But I went mm-hmm. along with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I must I must be bisexual because that was a, that was a safer answer yeah. to give him. Yeah. It's a gateway mm-hmm. drug. It's a gateway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I was bisexual for like 10 years. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I would get upset and say, you know, I feel like I had this part of me that I was never allowed to explore because of Mormonism. I mean, I blamed a lot of this, and it is true, on Mormonism because I, I never could even think about a, a lesbian side of myself or a bisexual side. And we ended up having discussions about, you know, I said, I just want to, I would love to just know what it feels like to kiss a woman. Like, what what is that like? I don't hey, even now. know. <laughs> and his his reply would always be, well, 
okay, I'm fine with that if I can be there. Well, that's not uh, the same. Of course he was. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, keep your hands out of your pants. But he didn't understand. I tried to explain to him, it's not that I want like sex with a woman. It's this, it's the energy, it's the attraction. And I, at that point, I started being brutally honest. I started telling him, I'm not attracted to you in that way. I don't feel this soul connection with you like I'm feeling with these friends that are women. I just had to be honest, you know, and he'd been kind of an asshole for most of the marriage anyway. So I didn't feel bad being honest. There was a little bit I feel bad, but I just had to to be honest. He, and you'd been married like 20 years at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got divorced at 21 years. Um, wow. And he started getting really upset the, the more and more I spent time with these women and giving him less and less time because I didn't want to give him any time. I was escaping at that point. I didn't. I didn't want this life that had been built for me by the Mormon culture. I didn't want it. I didn't want to be a stay-at-home mom. I didn't want to have sex with a man. I didn't want any of this, but I was I was stuck. And so I was escaping. And in that process, I hurt my kids. And I still, I've had to talk to every single one of them saying, I'm sorry that for there was a year there when I just wasn't around that much. I didn't give you what you needed. I was figuring myself out and you didn't deserve that. And I'm sorry. But gosh, it had to happen. And it had to get to the breaking point where he basically said, well, maybe we should separate. And I was like, boom, hell yeah. He thought that meant separate and I'd come back to him because I love him. And I, no, hell no. I took that and ran and ran and ran. And then you put an ad up on Match.com like a week later, probably. It was really soon. Oh, and that's when you met Mary. That's exactly right. Oh, wow. wow. I know. So that happened quick. Well, it was like as soon as he, again, I'm still waiting for him to give me permission. He had to be the one to say, maybe we should separate. He had to be the one to say, well, are you going to date women? Like, I wouldn't do anything until he said it, which is, I'm, ugh, it's just shitty She's and not gross. that person anymore. I, I'm not, which is why I was just going to say, it's, it's so, in some ways, it's hard to believe because you just seem so assertive and, like, it's, it's hard to imagine you as a person who is just in the corner going, yes, Pa, yeah. let me know when dinner is. You know, it's just like, it seems Oh, she's crazy. making dinner. <laughs> Mary, you see Shelly's ad. It's, it's, it's all, I'm broken, but you're like, I think I'm gonna take that. Let's 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 check this out. (laughs) I'll take that lit cupcake. You know, I want this chewed up gum. (laughs) I'm the type of person. I have to be honest. I, if there's a way to really like make live in the moment practical for the everyday person, I have figured it out. I swear, because I didn't fast forward in my brain thinking, okay, this person's probably a train wreck, and I shouldn't (laughs) take this on. Like I just was thinking, gosh. She seems like such a sweet person with a sense of humor. I'm going to just send her a note. And that's really as much as it was. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I don't know that I was raised in a cult exactly, but I get these high demand religions. I understand what that experience is like. It's all going to be okay. When she said it's all going to be okay, it was the first time I think that I realized that it, it actually could all be okay. I never felt like it was all going to be okay my entire life. I was always reaching for whatever was going to make me feel happy, which was promised would be these certain things. And they're just not freaking making me happy, you know, and just, I don't know. It was just the way she said it, even though it was text, I just felt comforted. I felt safe and whole for a split second. It was like, oh, wow. I never had anything good happen on online dating like that. (laughs) That's because you were on Tinder. (laughs) Jesus. No, no, I was on like, salon.com when the, like, the late 90s was like some bullshit wow. 
Well, you you just read so many ads about like professional career, blah blah blah. Don't play games. I mean, they're all cookie cutters of one. I another. wasn't a professional shit. <laughs> there was nothing to brag about. I, I just think that we were able to be vulnerable and real right away, mm, which is yeah. so rare in those types of environments, you know. And so I think that we just had this connection and this ability to have honest, real conversations from the beginning. And we just started talking. We just started texting and then we exchanged numbers pretty quickly and just texted, texted, texted practically nonstop. And we just we just enjoyed each other over text for so long before we even met. We just had a connection. Wow. Okay. And she tells you at some point about the seven kids. Yeah, and, and I still like a, hung oh. in there. Uh, interesting. <laughs> but, you know, I met her and she was escaping her life at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she was not ready to be the mom that she is right now with that comfort mm. level, I think, because she just needed to change her life so much. It yeah. just, it needed to be a 180 change. Yep. Mm. And so, you know, it was a little bit like she, I w- she would escape with me. You know, we, I lived in Old Town, Alexandria in Virginia at that time, and we would go down to the waterfront and go bar hopping and just have a great time. And yeah. Back when you could actually sit at a bar. Remember those days? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun, wasn't it? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. And by the way, this going down to, you know, the waterfront and hanging out at bars and being social and chatting and drinking, I never got to do that. No. Because wow. I was Mormon. Right. I never had the experience yeah. of sitting at a bar and talking to strangers Ever. and having a good time. Never. And this she's was an so extrovert. good for me. Yeah. yeah. It's fun hanging wow. out at bars and talking to strangers. I yeah. enjoy it. Plus when you're with yeah, a pretty so, lady. Yeah. So you yeah. found you found yourself mm-hmm. with, you guys found yourselves together. I mean, uh, Mary, you actually probably knew yourself before then, but you helped Shelly find herself. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. At what point are you like, all right, we're dating. We're dealing with the, the Mormon stuff. Like there's kids. We should definitely start a podcast. Like what, like what, like how did that? Yeah, that was, okay. So it took us about a year to actually start the podcast, but about a month into dating, she would tell me these stories of her childhood and her thinking marriage. Thinking they were normal, by the way. Thinking this right. was a normal childhood yeah. and a normal marriage. Yeah. Because you've never really been outside of that bubble. Exactly. So. Correct. And she uh-huh. would tell me this stuff. And I think we approached the podcast the same way. She tells me all this wacky Mormon crap. And I'm like, Huh? What are you talking about? Are you like, serious? You know, blah blah blah. <laughs> this and she's is like, crazy. "What are you saying?" Yeah, I'm like you know, this is really weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Robin, yeah, we have a promo code for our listeners. Yes, yes we do. California yes. Cryobank, which happens to be the sperm bank I used, you used. Mm-hmm. We love them. Yeah. They have been helping LGBTQ folks and single women have kids for over 40 years. And they gave us a top secret code for our listeners to use on cryobank.com. How exciting. So you're going to want to write this down, everybody. You could type it into your phone or, you know, remember it. Okay, uh, whatever. The code is OCT. 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 That's for ovaries could talk. I mean, if you can't remember (laughs) it, I don't know. Robin, Robin, what do we get? What do we get with this code? Okay, Tell okay. Them. A free level two donor information subscription access for 90 days. That is great. But wait, tell them what that means. Okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> $145 value, Jamie. It's great. Okay, and it's going to give you access to extended donor profiles, childhood photos, and adult photos for some of the donors. 
It's going to give you access to their medical histories. You can read personal essays that they've written. And they have something called the Express Yourself. Mm -hmm. Express Yourself. Mm -hmm. You got Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be you, baby. Wait, what's Express Yourself? Okay, Jamie. I have to just sing. California Cryobank gives their donors a blank canvas to express themselves. So in this area, you're going to find original poetry, songs, essays, photographs, drawings, recipes, basically anything a donor can imagine to express his inner self. I actually know personally that all of that stuff actually really helps you narrow down the options Mm -hmm. to find that perfect fit that you're looking for. And outside all of these subscription benefits on cryobank.com, California Cryobank is one of the very best donor resources anyways. I mean, they're one of the largest sperm banks with over 400 donors. They're great. I love them. Yeah, yeah. And they have a highly selective screening process for donors. They do medical testing, psych screening, background checks. The donors have diverse backgrounds to choose from that you can search for easily on the site too. I mean, I feel like if you were looking for a trilingual sailor or an engineer that plays the sax, you'd be able to find them at California Cryo, Jamie. I do feel that way. I, I think of those, I think I know which one you search. Oh, I am for, not actually. telling you, Jamie. My <laughs> lips are sealed. And if any of you out there are looking for donor sperm, in all seriousness, just go to cryobank.com and you can open a free account and you're going to use the code OCT to activate your free subscription today. That's cryobank.com, C R Y O B A N K.com. Go get that sperm. <laughs> You know, it was so interesting when I was hearing her tell her story, I said, your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to help people. You're going to help people. Your story is going to help people. And that's what I saw. That's what I told her at the time. And I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know if it was a documentary or a book or a show. I didn't know. And then I was just kept thinking about it. I just kept thinking about it. I was like, wow, Shelly has such a great story and I want to help her tell it because I have a production background. I've been in broadcasting for 25 years. So I know how to do broadcasts of whatever sort and editing video and audio. So the podcast thing just sort of popped in my head. And I was like, you know, these kids today and their podcasts, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we could do a podcast. Why mm-hmm. not? We can do that with minimal equipment. And it, you, you can tell the first few episodes are not great. The audio quality isn't where it is today. But the content is great. You know, it's funny, too. When we started the podcast, we were shooting for maybe, you know, I hope 100 people listen. I, I was so nervous, like, oh, I hope 100 people. And it was like all of a sudden people started sending in emails to us saying, oh, my gosh, you're telling my story. Yeah. I thought I was the only one. You make me mm-hmm. feel like I'm not alone. And now we've realized there's this entire world of people growing up in strict religions that have had to hide who they are, that have been crushed by the patriarchy, that are trying to get out, that have left and they've lost families, and they feel like they're weird, like no one understands me and I'm weird. And now they realize, no, 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 the church was screwed up, not me. Like I wasn't making this shit up in my head because these thousands of people are like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. And that has for me been such... A, a, a beautiful thing. I don't want to say to accomplish, but to be able to contribute to, to help these people and Mary as well, help these people to like have a community again. Cause I think people know when you leave a strict religion, your community is gone. Well, that is your yeah, community. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I can imagine it's healing. And we say this all the time. Representation matters. Yeah. You're normalizing your mm-hmm. life and showing it to other people who, who need to hear it so that they can 
they can share their lives too, or they can let their light shine to be cliche. Yeah. And I have all, all the things to marry to getting me to even open up about it because really starting out, I didn't think it was that weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little screwed up, but I didn't think it was that weird. But I think she recognized like, no, 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 no. You are so fucked up, girl. We got to talk about this. <laughs> and, and We got to record this I and make know, it a show. That's exactly how she was. And really, it's been therapeutic for me and for her because she has a religious background as well to analyze things because I'll be talking about something and be like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty fucked up about that. I'll be mid-sentence and cry. Mary will make a right. joke about something that I'm thinking about and I'll cry because it hits me like, oh, that hurts so much, this experience I had. I mean, we're just just digging through and unpacking these experiences that we've had that most people, I think, leaving a religion, they haven't had a chance to unpack. They're just trying to stay afloat. Yeah. yeah. Did your ex-husband also leave Mormonism completely or is he still with that offshoot? And what about the kids? Um, He's still with the offshoot. We don't talk about that much because I don't like give a shit at all. The kids are not Mormon, thankfully. The kids are doing well, for sure. You know, they they think it's cool that their mom's gay because, you know, everyone wants a gay friend these days. It's just it, you're the cool kid if you have a gay mother. I mean, that's but really cool. But even though it, they were raised Mormon, were they? did you guys raise them Mormon or not so much? Yes. My child, who's 14 now, was the last one to be baptized when he was eight. So Simon's his name. Simon and above were raised very, very Mormon. Mm-hmm. And talking to them now, I would ask my oldest Lincoln, like, so what was that like for you? You know, did you have to go into these interviews, these worthiness interviews when you were 12, 13? He's like, oh, yeah. I said, well, did, did they ask you if you masturbate? And he would say yes. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I trusted these men. And we can go to that more. That's a whole thing. It's a whole guys. thing. And I said, well, what did you tell them? And he goes, well, I lied to him. <laughs> so right, right. I had this realization that I was putting my kids in this damaging, damaging culture that was now teaching them to lie because they didn't want to be shamed. Mormon ministers, bishops, have to make sure that everyone in the congregation is worthy to get into heaven. Yeah. So they give you a laminated card called a temple recommend. And every couple of years, you got to go in for an interview and they have to ask you really personal questions, such as, do you masturbate? Yeah. And they have to know everyone's oh, going to lie. It's sure. so dumb. Uh, some well, people don't, believe some, it or not. Yeah, some people don't, especially a lot of boys don't because they think that if they masturbate, they have a, a, a sex addiction. Like that's how it's taught to you. Right. Like this is so mm-hmm. bad. You're, you'll get addicted to it and then you'll you'll never make a good husband. You're going to go to hell. And so they will tell their bishop and then they have to go through years and years of quote unquote therapy and if they if they slip up and masturbate, then it's there's more months added on to it. They're not allowed to take the sacrament during church so people know that they're they're messing up. The whole thing is shame and guilt. It does it does feel all about shame. Oh, yeah. It does feel all about shame. Yeah, but sure. so you got but you got your you got your kids out of it. Yes. And your kids are doing okay and they are actually like think it's cool that they have a gay mom now. Yes. Yeah. I bet it feels like your kids had there's a split in different childhoods, I would assume. Right. Simon, who was baptized and younger, they don't really remember much. My older kids, well, for example, my daughter Genevieve, she's a she's a normal 17-year-old at this point. But when I first was kind of thinking that the church was wrong, one of the things, one of my big, you know, testing the waters was I started, I stopped wearing my undergarments, which are the, like the magical underwear that they have you wear. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty, not funny, but I'm sorry. It's to true. Laugh. Just it's so crazy. Let's, let's just add one more bizarre thing yeah, on top you, of the rest. Yeah, let's make you wear some weird ass, uncomfortable <laughs> underwear and top. Yeah, and so she. They're not even just, comfortable. I just always no. imagine they're like super comfy. Well, imagine we're not in August that plus normal. Yeah, I was like, not in August in July is bullshit. But oh, yeah, no, God. they're not comfortable. I mean, they're not comfortable. They are not flattering. But my my daughter, when we left, I want to say she was around twelve, but she had already been groomed to believe. That if women show their shoulders, they're they're hussies. You know, it's embarrassing. They don't have respect for themselves. And you sure as hell wouldn't want your mom to do that. And right. so I started wearing tank tops. I stopped wearing my garments, just sort of, again, testing the waters. And she would have almost panic attacks about me showing my shoulders. And like, mom, what are you doing? It was so hard for her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I am raising judgmental little shits. This can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> and it took her a good year or two. To, you know, to turn into the teenager that's wearing booty shorts and midriff shirts. Mad that a she is girl. Mad a girl. Mad a girl. <laughs> wow. How wow. is it for you, though, to show your shoulders after a lifetime? So here's an experience I had. One day when I stopped wearing the garments and I was wearing a tank top, and I remember this so vividly. It was such a moment. I was walking down to my mailbox, and there was a little breeze, and it touched my oh. bare shoulder, and it felt like this connection to the earth it was god's kiss it, it was god's kiss yeah <laughs> it was it was this That's thing god's way of telling you you're on the right track yeah don't put those fuckers back on you keep those garments <laughs> off uh-huh. but it really was this feeling of like empowerment and and oneness with the universe which when you're mormon there's no oneness because you are better than everyone mm-hmm. right. there's this special crew that you are in and this was I just was one with the earth and with the energy. I mean, I I can remember the feeling today and it just felt so good. And I felt accepted and I felt like I really was one with the universe. It was beautiful. Mary, I feel like for you, it must be like you are in this country and she's in a different country and you're like, and you're her tourist who's taking her around and going, no, this is the language we speak here. We have ham. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then you just must be like, no, people don't eat that here. Put that down. And then she's like, like, look at my titties. Oh my God. Have some some alcohol. I love it. It's like Mark and Mindy. Right. Yes. yes, that's yes. funny. It's amazing. That's perfect. I love it. You know, it. a lot. There are a lot of lesbian, ex-Mormon, and never-Mormon couples. Yeah, that can totally relate to our story. It's pretty funny. We hear from them. We we started this Facebook group discussion group, and at this point, there's like a thousand or so members in there. But a number of them are these couples that are lesbian with one's Mormon, one's ex-Mormon. It's hilarious. Or one's never Mormon and one's ex-Mormon. Yeah. It's always comical. It is. The one who's the never Mormon is always scratching their head. Like (laughs) it is. And that's the same for straight couples too. It's the same idea. It's like when one of them is raised Mormon, you're like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's nutty. We have received a lot of letters from listeners like that that are never mo and ex mo. And the the never mo will write in and say, Oh my gosh, thank you so much for helping me understand why my girlfriend is so fucked up. Right, (laughs) for sure. And all the wacky terminology, there's a lot of goofy Mormon terminology. And so we came up with a segment on our podcast called the Fucked Up Mormon Phrase of the Day. 
and <laughs> Shelly will quiz me. Of course, I don't ever get them right. Mm-hmm. They're goofy expressions like yeah. health and the navel. Yeah. Marrow and the bones. Yeah. The Leahona. <laughs> Who knows what a Leahona I is? I do. It's made up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I, I all I know is you guys say Heavenly Father, right? Yes, mm, we you do. Don't say, you don't say God or Jesus. You say Heavenly Father. Yeah. You start with Heavenly Father and you end in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Like you have to pray the same way. It's It's just... If anyone were to, like, for example, you have to fold your arms when you pray. If you saw a Mormon, like, clasp their hands in front of them, like the Virgin Mary kind of prayer, you would be like, what, what is, they, they're not a good Mormon. What, what's going on? There that's it is. very standoffish. That's I know. That's an interesting way yeah, it's very close. It is. That's interesting. Well, everything huh. about Mormonism is sort of, like, bowing close. to the person above you. It's just becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and more guilty and more shamed and more I'm not good enough. More like, I'm going to disappear now. Yeah, they like the women (laughs) to just basically disappear. Uh It's true. Well, I I feel like, I feel like what's great about this, like, just besides hearing your story, is that, like, we're just giving, like you said, like, we're a top line of it and everyone can go to your podcast and hear, like, the whole shebang. Can you guys tell everybody, like, all the places to get you? Oh, yeah. We're on every podcast app. If you want to just go to our website, latterdaylesbian.org. You can listen there as well. I have an embedded player on there. Mm-hmm. And I say I of course because you do. I am the webmaster, I guess. Yeah, if I was in charge of a web anything, it would never happen because I don't <laughs> I don't know that shit. They don't teach that in Mormon school. They teach baking bread <laughs> and, and canning tomatoes. And that doesn't I do me any it. good at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all it's no. it's latter day lesbians. L A T T E R. Some people search for ladder like the thing you climb and that's not it. Mm-hmm. It's latter day. Latter day. Lesbian. Wow. Well, I'm so glad you guys found yeah. each other. And I'm yeah. so glad you started a podcast. I'm glad we found you. Yes. This, yeah. is, same. this is great. Thank you for sharing your story. Well, thank you so much for having us absolutely. on. You all are funny and very good looking, if I if I do say so. <laughs> hey now. Hey now. Sorry. We'll take that all day long. <laughs> you too, guys. Hey, yeah. come on. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. Whew. I could have talked to them for hours. I know we say that all the time, but I can't I wait it. to listen to their podcast. I mean it. I'm subscribing right now. I am so fascinated oh by God. all of this Latter day lesbian. Stuff. I can't. Right? That's the thing is like we could have talked for hours just about the Mormon stuff, but we don't have to because their podcast is there. But it's just the idea that she was on autopilot and had seven kids is just uh, crazy. Seven to kids, me. man. I cannot imagine. Bless like, her good, heart. Good, good, Bless good her God. heart. All right. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I feel like this episode has been long, so we don't want to keep you too long. You're, you're, you're sick reaching of us. the you're end sick of your of us, drive or your commute or your run, and you're done with us. So just so as you know, yeah. our book is out. Get it. <laughs> if these overs could talk, the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family. I think we have to like have a contest about how fast we can say the title of our book because we're getting good. If these overs could talk, the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family. <laughs> That's the fastest I can do. That was good. It's, it's available at all major retailers. Kindle, print, hardcover, and audiobook is out now. Available yeah. on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. Go get that. And don't forget the, the paperback and the Kindle are on sale. Amazon only. 20%. If you get the book... Don't be afraid to review us on Amazon or Goodreads. And somebody just told me like a good thing. Do the review on Amazon, copy and paste, and then just boom, put it on Goodreads. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And you can even copy and paste it and put it on Google. Just review us for God's sakes. All right. All right. Let's keep this conversation going. Join us on the social Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If these ovaries could talk on YouTube, where you're going to see recordings of our live streams. And oh, don't forget, we do our live stream on Facebook at 4 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays. 
<gasps> yes, you can support the podcast and join our community on Patreon as well at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. Don't forget, you're going to get bonus content and you get the episodes one day early, the videos. Yes. And thank you to our sponsors, BetterHelp, StoryWorth, and Generate Life Sciences. We appreciate you guys. And a big thank you to all our patrons who are helping us make this show lit. Literally. Literally, we thank you. Did you just hear my stomach grumble? I can't believe how loud that was. Anyway. Let's eggs. Let's go make some eggs. Eggs. Ovaries. Ovaries. (laughs) Scrambled eggs out. Out. If these ovaries could talk, they would say. Eggs, ovaries, out.